is Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. Fireball Hot Take Friday. Big sports weekend. Predators back tomorrow night against Detroit. I'm going to the game. Titans and Bills on Sunday. I'm not sure if I'm going to the game, but I obviously will be watching the game. But Floyd Reese, Mm -hmm. I may have to go back to where I watched the Titans-Falcons game on Sunday and watch that. You know, because I want the same result to translate from the Falcons game to the Bills game. Now, tell me if I'm crazy on this. As as the Titans get set to take on the Bills, I'm almost forgetting the Atlanta game. You know how you're always like, hey, yeah, so whatever you did yesterday, forget about it, move on to this game. And I'm looking at Buffalo and their great defense, and I'm looking at all the big pass plays the Titans had, and I'm just saying to myself, that's not going to happen this week against Buffalo. I remember how hard it was last year when they went up there to complete passes, and you were just thrown all over the Philadelphia Eagles who had won the Super Bowl, and now you're playing Buffalo and you can't complete a pass. So those big plays, they're Davis and Brown, forget about them. Delaney and Humphreys will probably have to have more than one catch. They'll need to get Derrick Henry running the football. But what if the big pass plays do continue? What if Brown and Davis do continue to produce the way that they were producing on Sunday? So my question for you is what do you think the Titans offense will be able to do that they did against Atlanta? And what do you think we should leave off to the side? We can't do anything. We can't. I would say nothing. I would say we ought to forget that whole thing. Just start anew. We'll just open a new page and let's go to the run and shoot. How about that? <laughs> let's get all the receivers out there and we'll just sprint around the ballpark and let Marcus throw it all over. Do you really I think, though, that like A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are going to have 95 and 93 yards or whatever it was against this Buffalo team? I have no idea. They might have 150. I don't think so. Well, Buffalo's got a good defense. I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't, I'm bewildered. I got no. I thought I had a pretty good feel for what was going on, but now I'm rethinking myself. Why? I have to. I have to adjust here, so we can, so we can fit all this. I, I got no champion. I, mean, I thought we had a game plan going in here, but now we can't run it, and we can't throw it, and we can't pitch it, and we can't catch it, and we can't play defense. So I don't know what we're going to do. I guess we're going to have to return a lot of kicks. Pun a lot. We'll do that. <laughs> How's that for you? Is that good? <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. You got me. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just hoping we get better. I'm just hoping we do something to get better. Well, now you're just like <laughs> rambling words along. Like what Like what I mean, did they what, do against what? Atlanta that they can do against Buffalo? Nothing. We've already talked about that. Okay, nothing. Just... Nothing. I mean, we can't. You just said we can't throw the ball. We can't run the ball. We can't. So I don't know what we can, can't do. I didn't say you can't run the ball. Oh, well, then let's run the ball. Well, Turn I, around, feed the big dog. I, I just think that, okay, so I'm going to have a serious conversation over here. No, and the way I you look haven't at had it, one yet. Why are you going to start now? I, <laughs> I, again, what they did in Atlanta. I liked what they did in Atlanta, but it's not going to be that easy against Buffalo. It's not. And I know we can sit there and we can say, well, you know, Buffalo kind of sucks, which you can make the argument that they suck. You can also make the argument that they're good. I just know they held the greatest quarterback who ever lived to 150 yards last week. 
and that last year when you played Buffalo, it was hard to score. You didn't even score a touchdown last year when you went to Buffalo. You lost 13-12 to because all you did was kick field goals. And so while it was great watching that Titans offense uh, against – it was awesome watching that Titans offense against Atlanta last week – I'm not sitting here thinking Marcus is going to stand back in the pocket and just drop dimes like he did on the Falcons last week. I cannot make that assumption going into this football game that he'll be able to do that the way he was able to do that last week. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that. I can see why, you know, people would say that. So the question is, what do you think they'll be able to do against Buffalo that they were able to do against Atlanta? Or what do you think they'll have to change? I mean, I would say run the ball. Give it to turn around, and give it to the big dog. See if we can run block them. I don't know. It's going to be hard. <laughs> Every, everything's hard. <laughs> I don't. You know what? I mean, it's it's just hard to put it all together. And and you can't. I mean, I can't get across to you. And and so I'm waiting for you to talk. I would say that, um, you know, I mean, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go. Well, why don't where you start from the beginning? Okay, we can't throw the ball, obviously. So if we can't throw it to the two receivers, then I would say we throw it to Humphreys and the tight end. What about that? Is that good? I think that it's your opinion. Can we? Can we? Ha- are we going to protect well enough that we can get the ball off? What do you think? It's your opinion. It's can not we, my opinion. We, the su- the subject is prayer? not what does Jared think. The subject is do, what does Floyd think. Do we have a prayer of getting the ball off at all? To I the mean, phones. I think we do. I'll just go to the phones. All right, Joe on a fireball hot take Friday. Go ahead, Joe. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Y'all killing me on here. <laughs> hey. Uh, uh, I think let me try to settle this argument that you're having with Jared there, uh, with with the GM and you, Jared. I think what Floyd's trying to say is this: any given Sunday, any team can win or lose. And then I think what Jared is saying is, well, the Titans are the same old Titans, and they lost against the Bills last year in horrible fashion. They're probably going to lose this year in horrible fashion because usually when they have a good game, they have a bad game. And the truth is, Jared, you're right. When the Titans have a good game, they usually have a bad game. They show up against the good teams. They don't show up against the bad teams. It's like they play to their competition, and I'm sick of it. So I think this, if if they win this game, which I pick them to lose, I'm sorry, I think the Bills are just going to beat them. But if they win and and Marcus has a good game, if they win, then this will be the turning point that I think, okay, we have actually made a step forward and going from good to great. Oh, what Joe, I so think? Joe, I so agree. Thank you for your call. It's like if you're going to be a, a legitimate team, you got to win games like this. And that's where the Titans have fallen short in the past, is winning games like this. That if they win this game and they like if I am pleasantly surprised the Titans go out and play great and they beat Buffalo, I think then we can literally look at this team and think they might actually be pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I don't I've tried to explain this. I mean, I don't know how I can get 
this across. 20 teams in the NFL are 2 and 2. That's a lot. What does that tell you? It's a very even league. Very even league. So you win one week, you lose one week. You win one week, you lose one week. And then at some point in time, you either get on a roll and you win a bunch of games, or you go in the dumpster and you lose a bunch of games. And when it's all said and done, you are 8-8, eight 9-7, and 7-9. Eight, and seven, seven and nine. That's where the majority of the league goes. So for people to sit around and gripe about, well, we win one and then we lose one, and we win one, well, no kidding. It's the NFL. This is the NFL. This is not some other BS league down the line. Like baseball where half the teams are trying to lose. Baseball. Talk about baseball. But, uh, I mean, that's the way it works for you people that have not been around the NFL your entire lives. I'm telling you. And what you have to do is you have to hope at some point in time you can break the ice. At some point in time you can do something to get over the hump. And if you can do that, you got a chance. Doesn't mean you're twelve and four. I don't know where twelve and four ever went, but it means that maybe you got a chance to contend for the playoffs. And that's the NFL. Now, if you're New England, if you're New Orleans, if you're Seattle, what other teams you want to throw in there, Casey? That's fine. You're among the elite, and you know that you're going to go out and win double digits every year. And I'm happy for you. And then you've got this, the Cincinnati's or the whoever the bottom of the Arizona's, and you're saying, you know what? You guys can do whatever you want. You're only going to win four or five games. That's the NFL. The rest of us are all in the middle. That's the league. That's the NFL. You're in the middle, which means you win one one week and you lose one one week, and you win one one week and you lose one one week. Please understand that. Oh, I think we all understand that. No, we don't. But that, to the caller's point, that if they're going to go from good to great, and to your point about getting on a roll to win some of these, this Buffalo game represents that opportunity. And what did I say yesterday? I said it like Tuesday, but yeah. Tuesday, whenever it was. This is a perfect opportunity for these guys to do that. But if they're approaching the game from the standpoint that ah, this is Buffalo and we won last week, so we're bound to lose this week, then that's <laughs> how you end up six and ten. It's exactly how you end up six and ten. If you approach it from the standpoint that hey, we played better last week, we have to continue on that. Now we have to go out here and we have to do something um, really, really impactful in this game. And maybe you get on a roll. Maybe you start believing. If you can't do that, then you're in the wrong business, and you won't be in the business long. Robert is up next on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Robert. Hey, y'all doing okay? Good. good. Well, my take is, well, they got two good wins last week because, first of all, they beat that Mike Malarkin freak, and then they fired that freak. So, they got that out of the way. They got two wins from the Falcons. So, but my take on this uh, game that's coming up with uh, Buffalo is that, like you guys been saying, you know, Titans is kind of they up and down, up and down. I just don't think they're going to be able to pull this off simply because Marcus does 
he used what got him there, his legs. He does not run. I think maybe it's because he had gotten injured, maybe because the coaches told him not to run that much. But until Marcus started running the ball, kind of like last night with Russell Wilson, he got himself in a whole lot of problems with the defense. What did he do? He got out, scrambled a little bit, ran a little bit, and made some stuff happen. But Marcus, now to me, he's afraid. I think he's afraid that he may, you know, go down and get hit, which, you know, I can kind of understand that, but he's got to play a little bit better than that. But because of that, I say the score is going to be Titans, I mean, Buffalo 15, Titans 13. That's all I got, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. I will say this. Russell, that touchdown throw on the fourth down that he threw to the running back who almost dropped the ball and then caught it again, I'm like, that's a throw that Marcus should – like, that's the kind of play Marcus with his skill set should be able to make, and yet he never makes plays like that. He's the only quarterback I've seen make plays like that. Russell? That guy is magic on the run. Yeah, it's just beautiful. He gets outside, and his vision is phenomenal. Russell is so good. He is so good. So, there is that. 615-737-1025. Corey Curtis, News 2. What does he think about the Buffalo game? We'll get to that with him next. Plus, the Titans have made a roster move. We'll get to that. All coming up, Jared and the GM, Fireball Hot Take Friday, live from the wholesaling studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. Authentically American. That's right. Guess what? Authentically American is great for your business, just like our business. But not only are they good for your business, they're good for you, too. That's right. Visit AuthenticallyAmerican.us and check out their full collection, including the brand new Sweat Ink technology. That's right. You sweat through your shirt in a workout to reveal a secret message. Everything with Authentically American is made in the USA. Unlike other companies that have inferior products that are made in other places. Authentically American is online at authenticallyamerican.us. But here's a special bonus. Use my name, Jared, J-A-R-E-D, my name, Jared, at checkout with the promo code, and you'll get 20% off your whole order. No matter what you buy, sweat ink, whether it's polos or vests or sweaters, whatever, Authentically American, 20% off promo code Jared. That's Authentically American. 10% of gross sales go to veteran and first responder charities, and that's why another reason I'm so glad to tell you about Authentically American. Authentically American, made in the USA, online at AuthenticallyAmerican.us. Authentically American, the next iconic brand that is truly American-made. Jared of the GM, it's ESPN 1025, the game. Jared the GM on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Roster news for the Titans. The Titans have uh, have sent running back David Flewellen to injured reserve and have activated left tackle Taylor Lewan. So, uh, Flewellen, who injured his knee, I think he played in a couple games this year, maybe. I don't know. But uh, he's on IR. Floyd's favorite, Kevin Pamfield, though, uh, definitely keeping his job. Uh, even though he practiced earlier this week, but uh, did did not practice today, has been ruled out. Great for Sunday's game against Buffalo. Super. Let's, I can't tell you how excited I am. Corey Curtis, News Two, joins us on the show. Titans looked great last week against Atlanta. Taylor Lewan returns. They play a Buffalo team. It looks like Josh Allen's going to play quarterback. This feels like a game the Titans should win. But Corey, how do you feel about the Titans going into this week? Well, should, would, could, really doesn't matter. Uh, we, we know we know that because 
you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks should not hang 55 on the Rams on the road, but yet they did. All that matters is what you show up and do, and that's what we've got to wait and see. And it, to, to me, it comes down to preparation. You know, when last week the Titans were stung by that loss to Jacksonville, and we heard about the urgency which they showed up on the practice field on Monday, and it showed in the result on Sunday. You know, go back to last year. What were the best games they played? Dallas on Monday night, at home against the Eagles, at home against the Patriots. When, when they've got something in front of them or something bad behind them, they seem to attack the next week with a different kind of urgency. And they need to be able to attack every week with that kind of urgency. It's what the great teams do. It's why the Patriots get better every week. Um, you, can, this, can they learn from that? That's what we've got to find out. Do you think that the Titans passing game with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis evolved last week, or do you think that that was one good week of two guys making plays? Well, I think I think it's an evolution, but it's the the infancy of an evolution. But listen, I, I've said from the beginning of the season I wasn't going to look for anything for Corey Davis until Week Five because I didn't think the Titans were going to try to do anything downfield while Taylor Lewan was out of the lineup. And guess what? They didn't try to do much deep down the field while Taylor Lewan was out there. I, I think you know it showed how good they can be in play action once again. You know, I say yeah, I, I felt like we saw the Mike Malarkey, a lot of the Mike Malarkey playbook last week. You know, we saw three tight ends. We saw, you know, the heavy play action in the two and the three-man route. Uh, and we saw it work, you know, really, really well. But what we saw more than anything that was excited that I think is a part of the evolution is when you get those guys, because they're 215 and 225 pounds, when you get them one-on-one with the defensive back with the ball in their hands, they've got the ability to throw that guy aside like a ragdoll. I mean, I think like Levi Wallace and uh, Tredavious White were both good players, but they're each about 5'10", 5'11", and 180 pounds. If they can get the football in their hands, that's, that's a mismatch. And so I think we're starting to see um, what this offense wants to be and, and can be. And with Lawan back, I think it's what they're going to strive to be more and more each week. Corey, in your mind, what's uh, what's the right way that Taylor and the coaches and everybody should approach his return? Well, I, I'm probably going to err on the on the optimistic side, just because you know I think you know I think Taylor is one of these guys who wants to be great and he wants to be great all all the time. So I I you know I feel like he's not going to show up not ready. Um, now he's been gone for a month, and and that's not easy. Um, but I mean, I I think you got to turn him loose and and you know be ready to plug Dennis in there if if he's a little winded or if he if he needs some time. Um, but I these guys always stun me with how amazing uh, how amazing of athletes that they are and that they are in shape. And I I think you've got to plug and play him as if he's Taylor Lewan. I mean, that's, that's what I would do. You know, I, I would let him go one-on-one with Jerry Hughes, and I would try to base my protection elsewhere, and I would adapt if he's, if he's not quite there. But, you know, if Taylor missed three weeks with, with an ankle injury, would, would we be questioning it? I, I don't think so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, kind of, I, I jokingly said, um, you know, what's, what are the chances that Taylor vomits at some point in this game? Now, that was all still <laughs> – 95 degrees you know he's going to catch a break 
that it's going to be 80 in chance of rain. Um, but, you know, he, he's too good of a player. He's too much of a pro, and he's, and he's too committed to, to excellence on the field for me to really doubt him. With um, Fluellen going on IR, are you a little concerned about uh, the depth at running back? Well, they've got Dalen Dawkins on the practice squad. And so, I mean, I mean it's not like Fluellen's gotten any touches as it is. They're struggling to get Deion Lewis touches. So I, I think if I were them, this is the way I would feel. Um, you know, he's been hurt the whole time virtually anyway. Um, it's not like we were looking to get him the football. And if, we, if they were to bring in Dalen Dawkins, are you going to give Dawkins the ball over Henry? I, I don't think so. And you're probably not going to give it to him over Deion Lewis, or he'd be on the team and playing ahead of Deion Lewis right now. Right. So uh, you, you, you've got Dawkins who knows your team and knows what you're going to do. And so if you needed a running back, you could simply elevate him. Although if it was Derrick Henry who went down, you wouldn't want two backs that small. You'd have to go find somebody else. But, you know, I, I guess unless they need another running back for practice, but, I mean, Fluellen was mainly on the roster because he had become a strong special teams player. Um, so if they feel they've got people, you know, to fill that void, I think that would be my, my main concern at this point because I feel like the running back rotation – is pretty set. Right. Um, I think I'm more worried about just the game itself. You know, say Derek, oh, you know, the gets, game? gets a, yeah, gets, pulls his calf again or, or yeah, tweaks in, it. In those situations, Blue Ellen uh, would still be up. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who are you going to, you know, now you've got just Deion Lewis. Yeah. I mean, and you've got the quarterback. Yeah. But I'm thinking about the running game, but, yeah. yeah. Well, the quarterback can run the football. He's gained ten pounds. He, <laughs> yes, he's he proven he can take nine sacks and keep going. So you're so you're going to put Tannehill at quarterback and have Mariota line up in the I form behind Tannehill and then hand I the ball off to Mariota. Say that. I did not say that whatsoever. Corey, not not in one. Bit. You know you know who could probably play running back in a pinch? Darius Jennings. I don't want to get to there. I don't want to get there either. Because I think he's the emergency quarterback. I also don't want to get there, but I, I mean, I, I think the, I think to Floyd's point, I didn't think about it, uh, about you know what if someone goes down and then what do you do? They'll probably have to bring somebody up, and they'll have to have three active running backs on Sunday. I would guess. Did, but did McNichol sign anywhere else? I don't know. I thought about that earlier today. Uh, but if he's on know. the street. He's an easy ad. I mean, he's a bigger guy. He's a good receiver. I mean, he's a pretty good player. Um, and and he wouldn't be, you know, because if you got Dion and Dale and Dodgers, you got two two tiny running backs. Corey Curtis, news two on a Fireball Hot Take Friday. Corey, what's your hot take this week? You know, I I, I see this song and dance we do with Josh Allen and the concussion protocol. We've all seen that hit, and we all saw how bad it was. And I just, you know, it's a concussion is a bruise on your brain. It's not some soft tissue injury. It's not a. It's not a hamstring. It's not an ankle. It's not a. It's not even a torn shoulder labrum. It's your brain. I think we've got to get to a point, and I'm not a medical genius or anything. I just think we got to get to a point where if you get concussed in a game, you can't play the next week. It's just. I mean, I, I think some common sense has got to prevail on this thing somewhere along the line. That that's just. I'm probably wrong, but the more I think about it, that's just the more the, the harder I lean in that direction. Mm, that is a hot take. Corey Curtis, News 2, as always. Corey, thank you, sir. Thanks, Corey.
Enjoy the game this weekend, guys. See you later. We'll see you. Corey Curtis News, too. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not one to be having takes about when somebody should come back or not come back. I mean, if if the independent neurologists are the guys that clear these players to come back and play football, who am I to say, well, you know what, you better wait an extra week on that. You know, I, And I don't know how concussions work. Like, the further away from a concussion you get, does that make it less likely you get CTE? Like, what if you go out the next week and get a concussion? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know about I don't know about CTE and how that's involved. Uh, I know with concussions, the the longer you can remain docile and, you know, just chill, the better off it is for you to let that thing recover. But, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I... I mean, I didn't think I know the the way the hit looked, but I didn't think it was a vicious head to head hit. I thought it was kind of a shoulder to head. That doesn't make it any easier, but but it is a little bit better than a helmet, I think. And uh, and so, uh, but you know what? They only got two quarterbacks. I mean, that's you know they're stuck. Well, they have Davis so, Webb as the third on the practice squad. Well, yeah, but that's not going to help them in the game. I mean, if you you can't go into a game with one quarterback. No, no, no. I'm talking about how on s- tomorrow, like if Allen can't go, tomorrow they could promote Webb from the practice squad. Because I think they have until 4 o'clock tomorrow to promote Webb. So. Right. But my point is if 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 they're, if they're he's going to go in there, even if he's not starting, let's say they, they were going to keep him to go in as a backup, then, you know, in essence you're saying, okay, you're not healthy enough to start, but – if this guy goes down, you'll be healthy enough to go in? No, I don't think that's right. No, so, no, I'm talking about if tomorrow they promote the third quarterback from the practice squad, then that guy could be the backup behind Barkley. Oh, sure. So that's that's why they, they could do out. that. Yeah, then he would be out. Yeah, yeah. So that, that is theoretically what they could do if they were going to hold Allen out. The fact that he was a full participant today makes me think he's going to play. So, and as far as the concussion thing, to Corey's point, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about these things. So I don't know if the guy should play or not play. Even though I did think it was kind of a vicious hit. 615-737-1025. We'll take a little bit of a Titans breather. How about the Preds last night? Is it too early to get excited about Matt Duchesne? We'll get to that coming up next. Here on Jared and the GM, Fireball Hot Take Friday. Everyone knows that I love ice cold fireball cinnamon whiskey. That's right. Nothing tastes better. Nothing goes down smoother. Nothing is better to celebrate with than ice cold fireball cinnamon whiskey. It's football season. It's hockey season. It's fireball season. Be sure to get some with your buddies or, of course, to your local store and purchase Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. Ignite the night. Please do responsibly and be 21 years or older to enjoy. That's Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. Join the GM. CSPN 1025 The Game. Here's Deshane curling on the left circle. Yossi has shot the score. Roman Yossi put it to the net. And it trickled in 37 seconds into the third to tie it up. Yossi, top of the slot to the left side. And a shot by Benino is stopped there by Dubnik. And then the net shot goes in the net. Predators retake the lead. Even when we were down 2-1, I don't think we ever thought we weren't going to win the game. Um, I thought, you know, start to finish, we were the better team. Um, you know, they had a good little push there in the second. A couple tough bounces, one off um, Bones' stick, and then the other one, you know, off the ref skate, off my skate. And uh, But I thought we stuck with it. Pex was outstanding. Uh, we had everyone going. Every line was going. 
Um, we did a lot of good things, so that was a lot of fun. The great Matt Duchesne, Floyd Reese, the savior of the Predators last night. Three assists for Matt Duchesne. Now, I know when, when, a, when a rookie has a good game, you are never overly excited about it the next day. A rookie could have, A.J. Brown could go out and have 10 catches for 250 yards and four touchdowns. And you'd say, well, you know, we'll see how he'll do next week against Cincinnati. Right. Matt Duchesne's a veteran player. Right. Matt Duchesne was the big ticket free agent. A lot of teams wanted him. He only wanted to come here. Is it too early to get excited <laughs> about Matt Duchesne? <laughs> no, I think we ought to get real excited. I mean, I, I think I am. I mean, he's, you know, he's played for a long time and played good, and he certainly played good for us last night. So, I mean, I think he's probably. Well, you went into last night saying the two things you cared about were him and the power play, and he lit it up. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I do think while you have to take each game with a grain of salt, the first game is when everybody is clicking and everybody is flying around and everybody is going 150 miles an hour just because they're so excited to be back out there playing hockey again. And so if everyone was cooking last night, for him to be the guy that stands out, I think that speaks volumes to what his impact to this team could be. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably got a chance to to be special in a lot of areas. I mean, I think, you know, just the increased number of lines is going to be one of the big ones. But, uh, uh, I mean, he played, you know, we were talking before, everybody's, you know, a lot of the the other new guys came in, got their goals. That was a giant deal. Well, he didn't do that, but he got three assists. And I'm not sure which one's better. To be honest, <laughs> you know, the assist might be better simply because it led to three goals. So, uh, so I thought, yeah, he was outstanding. So I, start. I just wonder, you know, is it wrong to watch last night's game and think, wow, this guy might be literally everything that they were hoping they were getting. He might be that. His effect, what it might be for the team, what he, like, may, maybe, maybe we were all wrong. Maybe Poyle was right when he was just obsessed with this guy. For three years, we heard, hey, Nashville wants Duchesne, and Duchesne wants Nashville, and all of that. We heard it for three years. Like, maybe Poyle was right, and he was right to trade P.K. Subban to clear up the space to bring in Matt Duchesne. And yet, you know, there's the part of me that's like, hey, Kyle Turris, when he came over here for about six weeks, was on fire. And we were like, yep, that's the true number two center this team needs to, to go back there behind Ryan Johansson and win you the cup. And Kyle Turris has been horrible ever since. Not to say that Duchesne will be as bad as Turris because Duchesne is a much better player than Turris. But I'm just saying that that was kind of the, that was the buzz when Turris first got here. But he did check every box that we would have said, you know, other than score a goal, he checked literally every box you could have asked from him last night. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was, you know, super. And again, I think what he gives the offense, the the multiplicity, if you will, you know, the ability to to just add another line. And and if in fact the two line system works as well as 
as everybody is anticipating, and you're in great shape. And that's not even, you know, the power play didn't get exactly what we wanted. But if he adds that much to everything else, he's going to add it to the power play too. I thought the power play was cooking last night. I mean, I know they didn't score, but I thought they were moving the puck around. Guys were getting good shots. They were getting a lot of pressure on Devin Dubnik. I mean, I, I was okay with the power play. I just, as I told you, though, during the break, I said if Duchesne has about four of these games in the first two months of games like this, these fans are going to look at him like he... We always talk about how the fans look at Duchesne. Regardless of whether or not the Predators feel comfortable putting this kind of pressure on Duchesne, the fans look at him as the savior of the team. And if he does this, I mean, they'll act like he's Sidney Crosby for this team if he keeps doing stuff like this. And that's what we're hoping. I mean, we're hoping he can do that Well, but, but we know he's not Sidney Crosby. We know he's not one of those kind of players. So you just... I just always worry about the expectations affecting how the how the player plays. That if the expectations become too big for a player, that sometimes the player starts to press a little bit or the player gets frustrated and, and looks at it like, you know, I, I have decent numbers, but, hey, the fans aren't expecting decent. The fans want – I mean, it's like Mariota. Mariota's been a decent NFL quarterback in his career. But the stats aren't what a number two pick should be. And it's not Mahomes, and it's not Brady, and it's not Breeze, so the fans get mad. And I I just wonder, you know, with Deshane, if he starts on fire, are we going to expect that over the course of a whole season? And I just think his career is what it is, and it's that he is not a superstar player. Well, I mean, if he starts on fire, yeah, I think that's what they will expect. I mean, and that's what we're hoping. We're hoping he can maintain that through his season. Even and though he's never he done can, it, though, at this point in his career? Yeah. I mean, that's if, in fact, he does it for a month or does it for however long you're talking, if he does it for a period of time, then I think he'd like to think, okay, you know what? He's he's shown us he can do it, and let's see it for a season. And if that happens, then you're in pretty good shape. He's played one game for the Predators. Rank him where he is in terms of how good he is with these guys. Like, how good is he? Like, I mean, I think you would say that Yossi and Forsberg are better than him. And then forget the goalies. They don't count in this. But Yossi and Forsberg are better than him. After one game, are you ready to put him ahead of Johansson? (laughs) Sure. I mean, it's one game. It's one game. But this is the guy David Poyle has been obsessed with. Obsessed with for three years. And it's funny because you know how we can look at the rumors and stuff, and and I'm sure you've seen a lot of rumors in your life that you knew were just utter bull, you know what. And uh, a lot of times we kind of brush off rumors, and I remember during the trade deadline, every insider had a news story every day about Deshane and the Predators to the point that I knew it drove you bananas how much people would chime in about, well, Deshane and the Predators this or Deshane and the Predators that. Uh, but then it seems that all those rumors seem to at least be a little bit true in the end, that he clearly wanted to be here and they desperately wanted him. Well, maybe David Poyle was right. Maybe last night was an indication that David Poyle's just consistent lust for Matt Duchesne was right. 
I just, it's t- again, it's tough for me to get too excited after one game. So here's the question for the callers. 615-737-1025. What did you think of the debut of the great Matt Duchesne? 615 Also, what else stood out from the Predators opener? We'll get to that. And then, do we have to kind of take a grain of salt with what the Predators did yesterday because of who it was against? And Jeremy Roenick with his thoughts on the Predators. All that's next. Jared and the GM, Fireball Hot Take Friday, 615-737-1025. It's ESPN, 1025, the game. I thought all the lines played really well. Um, there was a good balance. I thought that Dutchie's line, um, they were dangerous at times. Um, Phil had a lot of pucks to the net. Uh, they all chipped in offensively. Um, Dutchie with some nice plays and nice helpers. So, I mean, I thought, you know, for the first showing in a regular season game they were good and i would think that the chemistry would would build from there the great matt duchene or as peter laviolette was calling him there dutchy i'm not sure i like that dutchy i don't like it <laughs> i mean i'm fine with all the other nicknames hockey people give hockey people but dutchy for duchene dutchy i'm good but so, Matt, the great Matt Duchesne, the savior of the Nashville Predators, as billed not by words but by actions with everything that they've done surrounding him, lit it up last night. You heard Laviolette's excitement there about, hey, the chemistry between him and Forsberg just looks fantastic. And, you know, I can see all of that. But I had, I had one big thought, and it came after the game. I was watching on TV last night. Jeremy Roenick at the NBC Sports Network had a take about the Predators after the game. This is what Jeremy Roenick said uh, about the Predators. Nashville woke up and showed us maybe what might be to come for them offensively. They just went on a tear and showed that they can put the puck in the net. It was a pretty good third period by them to win the game. Okay, so between him and then the Patrick Sharp take about the addition of Matt Duchesne, and you hear Roenick right there say, hey, Nashville woke up and showed us maybe what they can be this season, and then you have the Patrick Sharp take. And Patrick Sharp also following Jeremy Roenick's comments on NBC Sports Network. Patrick Sharp said this. Matt Duchesne fit in pretty nicely, if you ask me. First game as an Asheville Predator, three assists, at empty net. Apple to finish the game always feels nice to go home with a W, but I thought he looked great tonight. He was all over the ice. He wanted the puck. He was creating make plays. Uh, they got two top lines there and a nice bottom six in the forward group. They're going to be a tough team to beat this year. Okay. And I hear those two things, Floyd, and I think, hold on. This is one of 82, and it's against Minnesota. Like, it's not like they did this to Tampa last night. And they were trailing the game entering the third period. Are we not getting a little too ahead of our skis on getting excited about the Predators based, A, on one game, and B, who the opponent was last night? And how they played for the first 35 minutes of the game. I was really impressed with the third period. I really enjoyed that. I mean, I think they went out there from, you know, I think it was two to one at the end of two. And they went out there and lit it up. And it was almost like, you know, somebody flipped a switch. Okay, now it's time. Hey, you know, we had to quit messing around here and find a way to win this game. And they were able to do that. So, I mean, I thought that was... That was the my favorite part of the whole deal was that they were found a way at the end to to pull it out and did it. So you, you know what I hate you saying though in regards to this team. 
What's that? The term flipping a switch. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. I hate the idea of, well, they can play hard for this, but they don't have to play hard for that. And again, yes, hockey is different than football and other sports where you, yes, it is. But at the same time, like Roman Yossi told me yesterday, you know, we give 100% every game. Do you really? You know, do you really? It's hard to give 100% every game when you play 82 games. I get it. But I, I don't. I'm still sitting there saying, like, okay, that's great that you were able to do that, you know, against against uh, Minnesota. And Detroit comes in tomorrow night, and I think they'll probably stink this year. But once they start getting, like, when, when you get some Central Division showdowns that upcome, you know, like if that was Dallas and you did that to them, I think I'd walk away from that game feeling a little bit better than I do about you doing it to Minnesota who has a lame duck coach, and you know Paul Fenton has gone in there and almost ruined the franchise. And in their first game of trying to essentially recover from whatever it is that they were, I, I, I'm just not there to get excited about a win over Minnesota. Where, yes, did you outplay them and play your butts off in the third period? Sure, but it's Minnesota. Well, I don't, you know, my... Theory. I mean, the beginning of the pre, beginning of the season, there are no bad teams. You know, everybody's the same, and every team's expecting to win the Stanley Cup, and every team's expecting to make the playoffs, and every team's you know expecting that this is their year. Um, so, I mean, everybody I think kind of plays that way. Now, later on, we'll know that you know some of these teams just are not of that caliber, and they'll fall out. And uh, and Minnesota may, may be one of those, but I mean, right now, everybody's the same. So, I mean, you got to believe that they think that they're much much better team than they were last year. See, I think in hockey it's a little weird because, like last year, the the Predators played the Islanders in the second game of the season, and I remember we gave away a suite that night, and so we were up in the suite with all these listeners, me and Ryan and Nick Kale and some other dudes. We were up there in the suite with all these listeners last year, and they were playing the Islanders. And the and Soros and the press, I mean, they beat their buns off. And I remember sitting there being like, yeah, it was a nice win, but it's the Islanders. You know, these Islanders, poor Barry Trotz wins the cup, and he has to go to New York, and he's got to go up against the Islanders, you know, or he's got to coach the Islanders. Like, you know, the Islanders stick. The Islanders had a great year last year. They had a great year. Well, they really found their stride somewhere along the way. And I look at this kind of the same way. as like maybe Minnesota finds something at some point later in the year, you know, like as you mature, you get better, and maybe they're the surprise team, or Detroit is a surprise team who you play Saturday. Like, maybe. But early in the year, I feel like these teams that were bad last year, like, well, we're bad because we were bad last year. But to your point, maybe they all, you know, oh, no, we we played great together in the preseason, and we did this and that, and maybe you're right. What did you think of Keith Urban last night coming out in the second intermission and putting on a concert there for a, for an intermission, a surprise concert for Keith Urban to get out there and announce that they're bringing back the "We're All from for the Hall." I I didn't see that part. I missed that. You missed part. all. You didn't watch the intermissions at all, did you? <laughs> no. You went right to football. Yeah. Like as soon as it was uh, football, I I uh well see again. Floyd, that's why we got to get you the two televisions, Floyd. You watch too much TV Let me say to this. not have two televisions in your I've house. I've got. I can put. I think four or six screens on my TV. Do you know how to do that? Sure, but I'm not going to do it. Do you really know how to do that? No. 
I know you don't know how to do that. Why would you not? Sean can do it. Why Jared would do it. why would you not put the uh, not, put the no. four screens and watch no. football on Sundays? You don't want to watch like five football games? I got you got the red zone. Red zone shows you every game. So you're not missing. I don't miss a thing. Well, then wouldn't you want the Titan game on one and the red zone on the other so you can keep up with the other games while you watch the Titan game? That would well, be sweet. Uh, Thank you. During the um, during the Titan games, I don't, I don't worry about any of those. I games. don't either. <laughs> I, it's funny. Like I'll be watching a Titans game, and uh, like I was watching it, the Titans game uh, at my house on the first, the Browns game. And I just, you know, I'm a big Braves fan, so I put the Braves on the other TV. Did not even gander over to the other TV. Or I'll put like a Sunday ticket game on that other TV and will not even pay one iota of attention unless it's tight in halftime. But the problem is, is when it's halftime is when it's also halftime in all the other games, so it doesn't even matter. But I am telling you, Floyd Reese, if you can go four screens with your TV, you got to go four screens with your TV. You got to do it. Um, you you got to do it. You're wasting apparently a great television that I've never heard of. This is, you are. This is my sons always they get after me about my phones. Well, yours is a phone seven or three or whatever it is, and now they've got eleven. You've got to get one of those. I said, tell me the difference between my phone and that phone. Well, the cameras are much better. I don't care about cameras. If I wanted a camera, I'd go buy a camera. I want the phone. What's the difference on the phone? You read, press the number? Yeah. Yeah. I said, I don't care about any of that other stuff. I don't want to watch TV on my phone. I don't want to, you know, communicate all that much on my phone. I mean, I, your phone for me is to phone. The rest of all that stuff's irrelevant. So the point of you have, so the point of you having a phone is to text, call, Communicate. That's it. And email. I tell you, people say, "Well, you, did you watch the game on you?" I the first time I punched something up on my phone to watch it. I hope somebody hits me right in the side of the head. I, I got to tell you, and Ian, back me up on this. That may be, and I love you. That may be the most old man take you have ever had on the show. And, and I'm proud of it. If it's either I'm, not watching it or watching it on your phone, if it comes down to it, I think I'm going to pick my phone. But I don't like watching depending on, phone, on what it is, if you have to watch it, right? I mean, no one chooses to watch if you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, and the question is, if you're not at home or at somebody else's sitting in front of TV, do you have to watch it? Because if it was that important, you would be there watching. You would be there watching. So it's not that important, but it's something for you to do. Well, that's funny because so pick it up and put it on your. Because a lot of people were telling me last night they were at the game and they were texting me like, "Hey, uh, where are you at the game? I'm not at the game." They're like, "You're not at the game. Why are you not at the game?" I'm like, "Because the Braves are in the playoffs, and I got two. I don't have two televisions at home to not watch them." So I'll put the Preds on one TV, and I'll put the Braves on the other, and I'll watch the Braves choke away and ruin another October, just like they did for me every year until I was 16, and have continued to do so for every other year since then. Like, I'll just do that, because to your point, if it's important enough, you will be sitting on that couch, and you will be watching what you need to watch. If it was, yeah, I mean, if it was really important, you wouldn't want to watch it on your phone. 
If it was really important, you would want the biggest, most magnificent TV. What, you could what if see. there's like a wedding reception? So, you got to be at the. What if me and the missus are getting married? Okay, then and it becomes and Sally, that which is more important: the wedding reception or the phone. Well, I would not be offended uh, if you were watching a football the, game on your phone while me and the uh, missus are getting married. That's and, great. <laughs> that's and that and see that would. I mean, that's the old man in me. <laughs> Six I mean, one if five. I was getting married, I would prefer people to pay attention to my wife and I during the vows and Probably all that. Probably some. You know. 615-737-1025. But I know different. 615. phone's really important. 615-737-1025. <laughs> Something you said is the most profound thing you ever said to me was that you said that you think that my generation, if they don't have their phone, you feel like uh, like our generation feels like we have no friends if we if we don't have our phone and are not on our phone. You said to me like maybe a week ago, you're like, I'm convinced you people, if you don't have that phone, you think, wow, I have no friends. And the part that's amazing I, I to me thought a lot about is, that. is how you can stand looking at that phone, not saying a word to anybody and think you're communicating. <laughs> and I'm thinking of myself. Yeah, Social are media for you, for things are different. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Coming up next, Taylor Lewan makes his return to the Titans. Is it fair to point a finger at Lewan? We'll get to that next. Jared and the GM Fireball Hot Take Friday. It's ESPN one zero two five. The game.